Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Recovery Sort Of is a podcast where we discuss recovery topics from the perspective of people living in long-term recovery. This podcast does not intend to represent the views of any particular group, organization, or fellowship. The attitudes expressed are solely the opinion of its contributors. Be advised, there may be strong language or topics of an adult nature. Welcome back. It's Recovery Sort Of. I'm Jason, a guy who does not want to be in pain. And I'm Billy. I'm a person in long-term recovery. And today we have Pete. Hi, I'm Pete. Uh, I'm an addict. I'm a chronic pain survivor, recoverer, and I'm glad to be here. And and if you've been listening for a while, uh, Pete helped us out with our financial episode quite a while back. We We talked about how to you know, what you should do when you get in recovery and you're looking to straighten out some finances. Most of us aren't in great financial shape. And we learned about the word fiduciary. That's right. (laughs) Yes, you do. That was your favorite. That was the word of the The day. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. uh, So, you know, if you're having money troubles, uh, I want to say I feel bad for you, son. I'm like, Jay-Z. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah, but you go back and check that episode out. But but Pete talked to us that day when he was here uh, about some some chronic pain that he had experienced. And we thought, man, that sounds like a reasonable topic. I'm sure quite a few of us might experience this chronic pain. And, you know, especially the way Pete laid it out, it might be more common than I think many of us think it is. And so I'm going to let Pete take over and tell us a little bit about that. Uh, thanks, Jason. Um so I guess to start, let's talk about the textbook definition of chronic pain. Okay. So so chronic pain is generalized as pain that lasts more than six months. Um, acute pain is, is less than six months. Um, my story with chronic pain, as I was telling Jason earlier, is basically your um, radio ad and your TV commercials of <laughs> – how people get addicted to opioids through experiencing pain. Um, you know, I was in uh, I was in my mid twenties when I started to experience chronic pain, and I'll tell you a little bit about what happened. Um, I'd gotten out of college. I'd gotten my you know my first job, and I was working and living and living like a rock star, party hard, and you know working hard and. Uh, one of the hobbies that I had was playing flag football in Baltimore City in one of those really great leagues where you get to just drink on the sidelines and go out and get uh, <laughs> beer specials afterwards. Um, so I generally drank more than the rest of the team combined. Yeah. <laughs> and I still played. <clears throat> um, you know, for, for me, basically um, – most of my life, I've, I've been pretty athletic, and I played a lot of sports. 
at this time in my life, I didn't realize the changes that were going on in my body. I was I was probably about 30 to 40 pounds overweight and still playing like I was 15, 16. Mm. So one day in, the, uh, in a game, I was running down the field, going long, and um, – you know, like my, my hamstrings and my calves went numb. And, and I was like, oh, man, you know, I, I must have pulled some muscles in my leg or something like that. So I, I pulled myself out of the game, nursed it with some alcohol, and kept trying to uh, stretch. Couldn't stretch them out. And I was like, all right, well, you know, let's give this a week and just see how I feel before the game next week. Well, by that Friday, I uh, I, I just couldn't get my leg stretched out. You know, they, they just felt like they had been pulled all week. There was a lot of tingling and stuff like that. So I decided that I should call um, like a sports medicine doctor and, and just go see them to see, you know, what I've done to myself. I go in and I, and I see this doctor and, you know, I tell him my symptoms and, and literally my, my appointment was five minutes. He's like, you've got tingling down the legs. You can't stretch out your leg muscles. He's like, you've got a spine issue. You need to go see a spine specialist. Right. So again, I'm, this fat, drunk, twenty-six-year-old. <laughs> I'm really trying to picture like playing football drunk. Like I, I didn't it's play a lot, lot of sports of fun, drunk. Man. <laughs> it really is. I don't know. I, I don't feel like my my makeup is for moving once I'm I, inebriated. I'm okay. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Yeah, I'm more of a sit back kind of. Yeah. Um, you know, so I, I I didn't take it all in. You know, I I didn't realize the severity of a spine issue. To me, it was just, you know, all right, well, I hurt my back and, uh, you know, I'll move on from there. Well, I go to this guy and uh, I go to the spine specialist. He tells me that I've herniated a disc in my lower back. Again, me, I, I have no medical knowledge. I, it didn't mean anything to me. It was like, all right, well, a, a disc is broken. Okay, what do you do? <laughs> and, and uh, you know, like, so so the one that I herniated happened to be the L5S1, and, and that is the one that is responsible for all, for all of your rotation on both sides of your body. So, you know, turn to the left, turn to the right, it all comes from there. Um, I was like, all right, great. So... You know, I was in I was in a lot of pain at that time, a lot of back pain with it, and I couldn't sit for very long. And you know, he gave me Percocet. He's like, you know, take this for for the pain, and um, you're going to do physical therapy. We'll see if physical therapy would help kind of move the herniated portion back to where it needs to be. So, so what happened was my my disc kind of like broke, and there's like chunks of it hanging, and part of it was hanging on the nerve root. That's like right outside of your spine. So your spine has these columns. It's got these, you know, your spinal bones in it. The discs are what cushion it. And then there's like all these nerve roots. So my herniation was sitting on my nerve root and that was causing the burning. That was causing the the feelings of numbness and, and, and that tingling that was going down my leg. This went on for a very long time. Um, but I learned how to self-medicate with Percocet. <laughs> and, uh, you know, for me... Being the drunk that I was, I, I enjoyed not really being in my mental state as opposed to being in an altered state. And I found that these Percocets did very well with that. Um, and I got to take them at work. <laughs> to get through because my work they were day. prescribed by Because the they were prescribed yeah. by a doctor. And um, that was wonderful, you know. And then I had found two. Were, um, were they performance enhancing while you were at work? <laughs> absolutely. So, so there were there's two great things about Percocet. The first one was it would knock out 
any hangover that I put on myself. <laughs> really? Yes. Who knew? So I there you know, go. Right hangover cure. cure. Yeah. Right. Yes. <laughs> Who needs that caffeine and Tylenol? When you got <laughs> yeah, percocet, right. right? <laughs> so I found that I could get completely shit tanked and I could clean myself up with a hot shower and some Percocet every morning. And hey, my back hurt too. So mm-hmm. <laughs> now, at that point, were you still taking them as prescribed? Or generally, yes. Yeah. And and with the hangover days, I was like, well, technically, I'm in pain because I hurt so right. bad from my hangover. So yeah, <laughs> you know, it it all worked out really well for me. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I'm here, right? Yeah, so, yeah. It, it seemed to yeah. go well. <laughs> so that was my life for uh, quite a while. And and I'll just throw in there the, this job that I had. I found that the the mindset of the people there were a lot like mine. Like they liked to party hard. We'd love to go to happy hour. We would take off. We we would go to lunch and not come back and we would just drink all afternoon. And that was always a great day. And that, that happened more often than that you would think at most like, you know, privately held companies. Mm. So going back to that money episode, <laughs> yeah, right. make sure your fiduciaries aren't at the bar all afternoon. Right. That's right. <laughs> Yeah. So, um, you know, for me, like life, life was still really good. I had this major back issue that I completely ignored. I medicated with it. Um, I, I was able to, to drink my face off. And since I was drinking my face off with my coworkers, to me, it didn't matter what I looked like mm. every day coming in. Right. So, uh, so this lasted a while. And then, um, a really cool thing happened. My company decided that, they were going to send my department home to work full time at home. Oh, yes. Mm. So now it really didn't matter what I looked like on a daily <laughs> basis, right? So, uh, you know, I go through life like this for a while. Um, back pain kind of persists, it, it doesn't get better. Physical therapy doesn't really help. I'm not doing anything to help myself outside of going to physical therapy and taking the Percocet. So, so it just progresses, it progresses and it progresses and it goes on for probably three years in the, in the midst of those three years, I had a very minor surgery, um, where they can go in and and they call it a discectomy. So what they did was they went in, they cut cut me up in the back and they cut off that herniation that was sitting on the nerve root that alleviated my pain. I I was better. My doctor's like, all right, you can go back to your normal life. So. I go back to playing flag football. I go back to drinking on the sidelines, you know, partying afterwards. And within about three months, I completely ruined it all. Uh, mm. Herniated the shit out of that disc, huh. and um, got into really bad shape. So I started to see a doctor, a spine specialist down in uh, Towson. He's he's actually world renowned. Uh, a friend had recommended him to me, so I go in there. You know, I, I start seeing his PA and. Um, I get my prescriptions from them and again, same thing, physical therapy, you know, just do this and, and we'll try. So I try and I try and uh, probably about after two years of seeing them, they decided that physical therapy wasn't working. <laughs> Shockingly. Only, yeah. only two years. Huh? Who, yeah. Who would have known? <laughs> wow. And uh, we ended up deciding that a spinal fusion would be the best bet for me. Ooh. So we're going to fuse the L5 and S1 disc, um, sorry, um, I guess vertebrae together. And again, this is, this is your rotation. This is your movement in your body. This is like the big daddy for your spine and, and your lower back and back functioning. I was like, okay. Um, they're like, don't worry. We'll, you know, we'll take care of you. You'll, you'll get all the medications that you need and all this kind of stuff. I was like, okay. So we do it. And, um, 
my reward in my mind was, well, I'm going to have a boatload of painkillers for this. You know, it's it's going to be awesome. <laughs> and while we're waiting for surgery to happen, uh, you know, I'm hobbling through my house. I'm working at home. I can barely make it from my bed to my office, even if I am on my medications. So I'm, I'm complaining to my doctor and he's like, Pete, you don't have to be a hero. He's like, you know, if, if you need to take more than prescribed, then take more than prescribed. Oh. Well, that was my green light, oh, right. right? Yeah. Yeah, man. So I'm I'm like, all right, well, I can't make it on what I'm taking, so let's double it, and then let's triple it. And that all worked out very well. Sounds reasonable. Yeah, I mean, seriously. <laughs> I mean, why wouldn't you? Um, the one thing I found with this is, you know, I'm in pain, and I'm trying to concentrate on my work, and... I found that this this did actually amp me up, man. I mean, this just helped me focus, zero in on what I was doing, and I I felt like I was the king of the world, you know. So I'm um, I'm flying through life. I'm flying through my job. I have this major back surgery. They give me a bottle of like 300 plus Percocets every month. Wow. And uh, <laughs> I just go off to the races, you know. And um, hold on, 300 a month. What does that work out to a yeah. day? Like ten. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, um, and and they did that for a year. So after that year, that must have been what the early two thousands. That was uh two thousand nine or ten. Yeah. So it okay. was really right yeah, before a lot two- of this big. Well, I was gonna say then happened. that changed a lot in the, yeah. what, the late two thousands. Yeah. Yeah. Do you get a bonus in February when there's those two extra days? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. like, oh, I get thirty. Yeah, there's actually twenty nine <laughs> days this month. Yeah, I mean three hundred and twenty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I um. You know, I, I really went to town on it, and uh, after a year of my glory, I was still in a boatload of pain, and they're like, you know, there's nothing more we can do for you. Mm. This was after the surgery. This is after the surgery, Ooh. a year later, mm. and they're like, you know, we're going to put you in pain management, and I was like, okay. So I go to pain management, and, you know, I start seeing a pain management doctor, and lo and behold, <laughs> of course, they have all sorts of cures for yeah. you, right? Uh, let's just say by by I, I was in pain management for probably like two years, two or three years, and by the middle of it, she had me on eight or nine different medications. I was on an antidepressant, I was on a nerve painkiller, I was on a short term opioid for my short term pain. I was on a long term opioid for, you know, to manage and prevent that pain. I was on. Um, some sort of medication that enhances the receptors in your brain so that you can feel the medication better. Mm-hmm. I was on. I you can get know. higher. Yeah. Do they have short and long-term yeah. opioids? Yes. Who yeah, knew? What's yeah. a long-term opioid? Well, How long well, does that so last? Long-term in the sense, let's call it. Uh, okay. So I was on, she, she kept giving me Percocet and I'm sorry, that was I kind of mistake. That was for your breakthrough pain. Yeah, I was going to say they call yeah. I was going to use that yep, term. They call it breakthrough pain. Yeah. That's when the pain is greater than the normal pain. So you yeah. feel it through the opioids yep. that you're already and so, on. So long term in this sense is more of a preventative measure. So you just take it every all day, the yeah. all the time, so that hopefully you don't ever feel pain. When when does the doctor say, you know, Pete, it'd be cheaper if you just did heroin? <laughs> well, that's common. <laughs> so. so, well, can I just yeah. real quick? Sure. Did they offer any other solutions besides medications? Or was it really just here's medications? That's and, what we and do. Quite honestly, I, I've been removed from pain management for 11 years now things could have completely changed i don't know right but at that time it was all medication driven so we got to a point where i was just miserable i was in pain i was i i knew i was addicted to percocet i i didn't know what that meant i still you know i, I didn't know what an addict mentality was 
Um, so I was like, look, you know, you had told me about this patch that I could wear. I, I was like, I think it started with like an F or something. And, uh, Ooh, the old fentanyl. Patch. Yeah. And, uh, she's like, and I was like, you know, and that would help like prevent the pain. I was like, you know, can we, can we try that now? She's like, yeah, sure. So aside from the eight medications I was on, she put me on fentanyl mm. and, uh, Boy, did I like fentanyl! Wow, <laughs> yeah. you know it, it took um, it took probably like a month or two. So I, with pain management, you go in like once a month. You get all your scripts, you get all your refills, and all that. So it took about a month or two to get the dosage right. And when they did, I was high for three straight days. Mm. I used to. I I, re, I, I remember it. I, I mean, it's the one I always chased, right? Yeah. So I I was driving down the highway to work, and I'm just like, oh yeah. <laughs> this is what life is gonna be like. My, life is okay. <laughs> my only exposure, I was dating a girl and I was starting to get ill and her aunt was on fentanyl patches and she gave me one and then I got locked up. <laughs> I was like the warmest, happiest locked up dude for two days. I came out, I was still well. I'm yep. like, Wow. <laughs> this yeah. is great. Yeah. So so you know how I felt. Oh man. yeah. I mean, I was like, Okay, if life is gonna be like this, this this I can manage. Mm. I can manage this. Risk, it's tolerable. Right? Yeah. It's high as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> and, and again, I have a script to feel like this. Right. You know? Right. All legal. Yeah, yeah. All legal. Doctors. So, um, obviously, work didn't work out too well. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I left that job where I was at home. Um, you know, things started to not go my way. And like any good addict, I left. So tried again, tried again. And eventually, I found a job. Um, you know, I, I started having some uh, performance issues at work. Uh, specifically, um, I would sit at a desk and I would pass out. And uh, is that what you call it when it's from a doctor? It's called <laughs> nodding out when you're right, on right. heroin. Yeah, <laughs> just passed out. Yeah, when it's I would from a pass doctor. out. And uh, it. it so I had to wear collared shirts to work. And what would wake me up is that my neck would be absolutely freezing. <laughs> and the reason it was freezing is because all the drool was going down the side oh and goodness. collecting on the side collar of my shirt. And that is what would wake me up. I had people to the left and to the right of me and nobody would wake me up. Nobody would wow. not you know, hit me, elbow me or nothing. And this happened a lot. Um, I don't know if my boss ever saw it, but. You know, when when you're dependent on a pain management doctor and when you're in chronic pain or actually, you know, when you're in addiction, you know how like the littlest thing becomes the most important thing in the world? Well, well, obviously, every one of my issues and my bouts with pain were like the top priority. Mm. So I spent a lot of time running to my boss saying, oh, my God, I got to go to my doctor. I got to go to my doctor. And, you know, he had kind of had enough of it. So one time I went in. And he's like, he's like, all right. I was like, you know, sir, I, I, I called my doctor. I'm in a lot of pain. I, I got to go see him. I'm going to take the afternoon off. I'll be back tomorrow morning. And he's like, all right. He's like, you know, do you have a minute? I was like, yeah. He's like, you know, have a seat. And I was like, all right. And he's like, you know, uh, we're talking to HR about you. <laughs> uh -oh. I'm like, Ugh. and I said to myself, I was like, yeah, that's never good. <laughs> I was like, okay. I was like, what, uh, what HR have to say? And he's like, well, he's like, look, I know you're struggling. And he's like, you know, there's help if you need it. And he's like, you know, we need you here, Pete. And he's like, you've got to make a decision. He's like, either you get help or you have to find a new job. And I was like, okay. Um, 
my wife and I just had a baby about three months before this conversation, and I'd been in pain for over a decade, and I knew by being previously fired from two jobs within a matter of three months, and I'd held on to this one for like not a year, that I should probably think about getting some help. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. And, uh, Starting to see the end of the road yeah, coming. <laughs> you know, um, so so I was like, all right, you know. So so I went to my doctor, and I was like, look, well, let me let me preface that with I I I'd been trying a lot of different things in addition to pain management to try to manage this pain. So I, I was seeing an acupuncturist mm-hmm. in Haber de Grace, and God, she she saw right through me from day <laughs> one, and you know she told me about this place called Father Martin's Ashley, and, and I didn't know anything about it. And she gave me a pamphlet, and she's like, you know, you should really consider going there. So I, I took it home to my wife, and I was like, look, you know, she thinks this might help me. I I didn't again, I didn't know anything about addiction. I didn't know anything about recovery. And she's like, oh, Pete, this is this is for addicts. This isn't you. You, you don't need this. How even your wife wasn't aware of? No. Oh. How does? How does the acupuncturist have Father Martin's Ashley's like she detox did, program? Because on she hand? did acupuncture there. Okay. Oh, she did it there at yeah. Ashley. I was going to say, like, had, so I saw her at her, like her her private practice, and she also worked at Ashley doing. Acupuncture well, and I wonder if she probably just saw a lot of people come in with pain. Yeah, you know, I was going like, in there how many acupuncturists see addicts though? Yeah, <laughs> like, well, how many addicts are going to see yeah. pain? You know what I mean? Yeah, so for, I went to her pain, for, so. for, for the pain, okay. and and you know, I told her everything I was on. I mean, she was like a doctor, right? So I, I told her all the medications, and she's like. I'm sure she's just like, yeah, this guy, <laughs> I know where he needs to be. So, so you know, I take it to my wife. She's like, yeah, you know, this that's not for you. You know, you, they're talking about like addicts on the street and all that kind of stuff. I was like, oh, okay. So, so anyway, you know, I, I go, my boss gives me that ultimatum. I go to my doctor that afternoon and I'm like, look, I was like, my, my boss said I need to get help. I was like, this acupuncturist I'm seeing and give me this thing for this this rehab faci- facility. You know, I'm I'm gonna go. She's like, okay. And I was like, Doc, I gotta ask you. I was like, you know, when I'm off of all this medication, you know, how's my life gonna be? And she goes, You're gonna be absolutely miserable. <laughs> and I'm like. Wow, <laughs> way to sugarcoat wow. it, right? Glaring yeah. review. Yeah, and um, you know, but I but I didn't have a choice, and, and I knew, I knew in my heart that you know, this was it for me. So so I made arrangements and I went, and I went to a pain recovery program. And uh, yeah, they specifically have a pain management do. program yep. at this particular rehab not all rehabs have that yeah, but, yeah. i imagine most probably don't yeah, yeah. but they so, have and i don't know about that much about it but i've heard it's pretty good yeah yeah, yeah. so i i went through the early days of this this pain recovery program and um you know for for me it was good uh they they helped me get off of everything that i needed to get off of they uh taught me about Diet and nutrition and uh, physical therapy, meditation, um, you know, all these different things to help manage your chronic pain and do different things with it and, and try to, you know, try to get past the dark days and um, move on to the next day. So mm-hmm. so one of the big things that I took away from that program, um, it, it's just it's a mental state. All right. So, so as I kind of alluded to, you know, when us as addicts when we're in that using state and everything is just the top focus and you obsess about it and it's the 
you know, you're making mountains out of molehills, as mm-hmm. you know, I think we say. So, so yeah, there's this ther- there's this mental aspect called cognitive behavioral therapy, mm-hmm. and it's all about how you frame in your mind, you know, what is going on and what you're feeling at that time. So, a big thing for me was to say, okay, yeah, you know, I'm in pain today. I'm not feeling great. I have a bad attitude. But it's it's just today. Tomorrow's a new day. You know, the sun is shining and just take a step back and think about tomorrow instead. Mm-hmm. And just say, you know, just tell yourself, this is temporary. It will pass and I will move on. So, so it's the opposite like... of Eckhart Tolle power of now. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say <laughs> it, that's the, it the, is. the anti-mindfulness. Yeah, <laughs> right? it, it is. I'll live in, in tomorrow. <laughs> right. But you know, when you're in chronic pain, every did you, have you guys ever seen uh, Office Space? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. So 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 movie. Peter in there, he tells the therapist, he's like, you know, did you ever feel like every day is the worst day of your life? Mm. Well, with chronic pain, man, every day is the worst day of your life. You know, it, it just, it eats you alive. It breaks your mind, body, and soul. It, it does. And, you know, I've been I've, I've been working a lot with um, Ashley lately. And one of the things that I, I find looking back is that my chronic pain was an obsession. Mm-hmm. Just just mm-hmm. like, you know, the drugs are. Just like the alcohol was. Um, when you're in pain, that is all you can think about. It's that pinnacle. It's like, oh my God, you know, if I do this, is it going to make me hurt? I want to go do this with my friends, but what if I start having pain? What am I going to do then? And you, you give up on life, man. Um, well, and I think uh, it's good to recognize too, like that is real pain. Like you are yeah. legitimately hurting. So they are real concerns. Yeah. But isn't there also something called the opioid-induced yeah, hyperalgesia oh, that makes you even more sensitive to pain? So the pain yeah. that you feel is now magnified from the long-term yeah. opioids. So, yeah, so. so hyperalgesia is is when um, you know, you're taking these opioids, and, and the way that the opioids work is they, they bind to the pain receptors, and they fill that pain receptor so that you no longer have the pain. Hyperalgesia is making those pain receptors multiply in your body. That's how you build up a tolerance, and then you have to start taking more in order to fill those additional pain receptors. And yeah, it's it's kind of I'm not a doctor, but it's, it's kind of how your body builds up that addiction and that tolerance to the medications. Yeah, yeah. So so your body is basically manufacturing pain through these pain receptors, although you're not really in pain. Right. right? So it's it's this cycle they they talk about a pain cycle and i you know this is all part of it you have to break that cycle in order to get out of the the chronic pain state and, and that was one of the things that i i think i got through when i was in the pain recovery program was was getting through that pain cycle on a scale of crying face to smiley face how bad was your pain <laughs> <laughs> yeah right huh. um so before i went in it was definitely the crying face okay. right uh i I, I tell this a lot when I when I talk about my story. Um, I worked down in the Inner Harbor, so every day at lunch I would go out and I would take a walk around the harbor. When when I was using and I was very close to the end for me, I would take a walk at lunchtime. I would call my wife in tears saying, I can't do it. I can't make it through the day. I've got to come home and just get some sleep. And 
she powered me up, man. She's like, you got a kid. You got to stay there. You got to get through the day. It's only three or four more hours. You got to push through. And, and I mean, she, she pushed me through every single day for months on mm. end. And, uh, yeah, that was, that was crying face. Okay. <laughs> um, you know, I, I got out of, I, I, I got out of the pain recovery program. I got the tools that I needed and, and I was probably like a, a straight across face, mm. you know, um, my my pain wasn't completely cured. It's not a cure for it, but I had tools to manage it. But I I, I didn't I didn't implement those tools when I got out. Okay. You know, so so the people that knew me when I first came to NA, they knew that you could see it on my face. You could see I was still in a lot of pain. Uh, I I couldn't sit through a meeting for an entire hour in a folding chair. I'd always get up. I'd go stand against the wall. I'd walk around and kind of stretch out, and um. You know, I, I was, I was living, but I wasn't living life. You know, I was, I want to live life after 13 years of this crap, right? right. So, um, you know, I, I decided one day, uh, let's, let's, let's go take a step back. So, so a friend of mine asked me to be in his bachelor party and I was like, yeah, sure. So, um, you know, I was one of his groomsmen and we went, uh, I don't know, we were hanging out like before the wedding or something. I think we went to get lunch and, and my friend was like, yeah, you know, I, I get up every day and I go to the gym before work. Well, my friend was a plumber and he would get up. I knew that he got up early to work and he did like, you know, the manual digging and like a real manual labor job. And I'm like, damn, if he can get up, and go to the gym before he goes and does that all day long. There's absolutely no reason I can't go to the gym and like swim some laps before I go sit at a desk all day. Right. Mm. So, so that changed my entire life, man. Um, I, uh, I decided I'd start doing that. So, you know, two or th- I, I guess it's probably like three days a week. I started just swimming some laps before, uh, going to work every day. I'd stop by the gym at like five thirty six in the morning. Swim for about a half hour, 45 minutes, and then shower and go on my way. And um, you know, I started to feel a little better. I, I, I got those um, endorphins running pretty much every day, and that would that would really change my mood and my mindset and my spirit and, and really just kind of wash away some of, those, uh, some of that pain that I was feeling still. Hmm. And I just found the more that I did it, the more I felt that way, and, and I was – I started realizing that, you know what, I'd get real sore at night and I get real tired. And I'm like, you know what, that's fine because at least I have like this half a day where the endorphins are going and I, and I feel, I feel normal again. Okay. So I was like, okay. So I started doing this and I kept doing it. Then I got in a car accident. <laughs> I got crunched from behind by someone going about 40 miles an hour. And uh, it set me back like three years, man. I, I felt like, I felt like I was just back to where I was before I went to rehab. And um, what because if you had a lunchtime okay. swim too? Yeah. Well, like, not like a in the twice a day swim. Yeah. <laughs> do do we need a, a twelve step swimming program? I, I, <laughs> you know, I'm telling you, man, you should have one. <laughs> it's great for everybody, addicts and no addicts. It doesn't matter. This episode has been brought to you in part by Voices of Hope, Inc., a nonprofit recovery organization made up of people in recovery, family members, and allies. Together, members strive to protect the dignity of those that use drugs and those in recovery by advocating for treatment, 
harm reduction and support resources, and mentoring. Please visit us at www.voicesofhopemaryland.org and consider donating to our calls. Um, you know, so I got in this car accident and I was in really bad shape. So, so my friend, another friend of mine is a physical therapist. I had to check me out. When you, after the car accident, did they put you back on opioids? Were you back no, on the medications? No, I, I refused opioids. Um, I also, I, I was able to actually walk away from the accident with a lot of pain, but I'd been in pain for 13 years and I'm like, look, I know this pain. This is nothing. Right. <laughs> you know, but so, the pain got as bad as before. Yeah. We yeah. But yeah. the pain did. And it started like, you know, instead of me not having like good mornings, stuff like that, it was kind of like I wake up feeling like I got hit by a truck, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff all over again. But, um, you know, I had my physical therapist friend check me out and he's like, all right, it feels like it's all just pretty much muscular. So I don't, he's like, I don't think you have any structural damage. He's like, you should see your doctor, get an x-ray and make sure I did that. I was fine. Um, but what he did do is he referred me to one of his coworkers that specialized in, in spines. And man, I, I went to see her for like two years. And, and so I learned a lot while I was there. Um, you know, like if you think about having a major back surgery, what they do is they, they cut through your back, right? So you have all these little muscles, you have all these nerves, you have all this stuff in your back. And I had surgery when I was 29, so that that means that I had 29 years to grow. I had 29 years of working those muscles, having having my body work correctly. Everything was in place and all that kind of stuff. Well, they cut through you. They cut all that to shit, man, you know? Mm-hmm. And afterwards, I healed, but I didn't heal, and none of that crap worked. So, you know, you go swimming, and yeah, I felt better. But like my hips would hurt my, you know, I'd get these pains in my lower back and I'm like, all right, well, I did that to myself and it's just, it's going to take time because I've got to strengthen it. Well, the problem was it's not all my muscles were firing throughout all my body anymore because of that surgery. So she spent two years working on all these little muscles, getting everything to fire again and getting my body working again Hmm. and my body working like a normal body. And that is what saved me, man. I came out of there. And I was like, you know, my friend asked me to do this swim team with him. What do you think? She's like, yeah, go for it. So I did. And, dude, I I go and do, like, this adult swim team three days a week. I lift weights, like, one to two days a week. During the pandemic, I bought a road bike, and I was biking up to, like, 40 miles at a time. Mm. Um, I even started running on a treadmill for the first time in 20 years. And do you have those crazy freaky calves of those guys who no, ride No, that I don't have. I want them though. Right? <laughs> that looks ridiculous. I'm yeah. like, what? But um, by ha- doing physical therapy, swimming, which was you – know, that was my threshold. Swimming, swimming is what, what cured me. It's not a cure for everybody. I realize that. But doing that exercise, strengthening what, – what swimming does do is it strengthens every muscle in your body. It works on your core. It works on your lower back muscles. It works on those hip muscles, your hip flexors, everything. It strengthens them at least. So I got a lot of strength back. I lost the 30, 40 pounds. 
I started to what I call pound my body with antioxidants because mm, okay. <laughs> I was I was obsessed with it in the sense that hey you know antioxidants should help you know clean out some of the, the crap in your body and um, you know I probably wouldn't have as much inflammation and I probably feel yeah, better a lot of inflammation and I do. Can you imagine coming in to get off heroin and somebody's like, bro, it's blueberries. Yeah. <laughs> got right. Lots of blueberries. blueberries Don't forget the blackberries. <laughs> yeah. It's blackberries all day. Um, <laughs> you know, but, but the thing is, is I'm not in pain anymore. And, and it took me 13 years and it took a boatload of self-induced physical pain from doing swim team and knowing that, telling myself, look, I could either be in pain for no apparent reason aside from the chronic pain. Or I could do something that I know is going to help my body and help me feel better and cause some pain that I know that I caused that's going to get better over time. And and again, that's all that framing. That's that behavioral cognitive therapy, like to not give up, to not give in to the, the pain of it and look to the other side. And, and that's what I did for – that's what I've been doing for like three years. And today <laughs> – no more pain, you know. Wow. Every pain. new person I meet in a meeting, I'm gonna be like, "My buddy says swimming in blackberries, bro. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah. Swimming in blackberries, swimming blackberries, blueberries. <laughs> don't forget raspberries. Well, and you strawberries. Something there about like the the pain, and I, I guess I always call it good pain and bad pain. So, yep. like my wife and I, we both exercise, and like certain days I'll come out and I'll be like, "Oh, I'm kind of sore yeah. today, you know," or I hit it pretty good yesterday. I'm kind of sore, and she will say to me sometimes, like, "Oh, that's not good." I'm like, "Well, there's a difference between." Like I know when I've physically exerted a lot of energy and I'm like, that's part of the growth process. Yeah. Um, I think it's important that we get in touch with our bodies to know the difference. Yep. Like I don't think a lot of people recognize that there's a difference. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I think, yeah. I mean, you, a lot of people, they feel pain. It's like a fear factor. So, so they, they get that upset attitude. They start focusing on it and, you know, for for my experience of being that way for for so incredibly long on a daily basis, I I'm able to say you know no I'm not going to do that I'm going to look past that today mm-hmm. and and I can real I can realize today that my muscle pain you know that I'm feeling from from working out is not the same as that that pain that just drove my life for 13 years yeah and that's you know? the same i'll go i'll run sometimes and i'll be like my knee will start feeling weird and yeah. i'll just be like nope that's it i'm not like that's a different kind of pain than like yeah. a muscle pain and i need to stop before yeah. it hurts <laughs> but yeah. it's taken practice to get to know the difference yeah you yeah know? you've got to experience it multiple times and you know so like for you yeah you had the knee pain the first time and then you, you gave it a little rest and it went away so you're like all right well that was just it's temporary you know right nothing to get get worried about yeah and i think that's another problem with so we hear this like pain management term thrown around yeah and for a long time i don't what that really meant was pain avoidance or pain riddance like people went with and our whole medical system now is based on sort of that you know you go into the emergency room one of the first things they ask you is like all right rate your pain on a scale of one to ten well one that's completely subjective to whoever <laughs> yeah. the individual is there you know it's it, the yep. scale is totally arbitrary Shouldn't it doesn't it be though <laughs> what subjective well not necessarily i mean if you break your leg you are going to experience pain you know what i mean yeah. and if i break my leg and you break your lane leg and i go in and say well my pain's like a six and you say your pain's a ten do we really want to treat them different? I would think so. 
Mm. And I see, I think not. I think we should have in, Pete. <laughs> treatments for these things. I mean, if I can't tolerate <laughs> the pain the way you can, like, I get it. You can call me a sissy, but... Well, it's not I about mean, being a sissy. It's that we... I think there's an expectation that we're not supposed to feel discomfort or pain. And we perpetuate that idea in people's minds. And then they think, oh, my knee hurts. I need something to fix it. Yeah. I mean, you know, pain is it's it's a basic reaction. You know, it's built into every single kind of animal that's out there. Right. So. Except in freak cases. (laughs) Yeah. I think in general. You know, what, what Billy's been saying, I, I, I really think that our medical system has been based upon prescribing pills for everything. There, there's a pill for that. There's a pill for that. There's a pill for that. Um, I don't disagree with that. I just feel like if I go in and rate pain as 10, the highest pain I could possibly conceive feeling, even if we have the same injury, I, I think we need to take into account the person saying this is the worst pain I can conceive mm-hmm. of feeling. All right. So I agree. Uh, let me tell you an experience I had recently. So um, I would say probably like two or three years ago, I had a tumor in my mouth, and it turned out to be malignant, um, benign, with the non-cancerous. <laughs> yeah, benign. Right, right. Um, but, uh, you know, I had to get it <clears throat> removed. So I go to this oral surgeon. I fill out my paperwork. They have the addict questions there. I say, yes, I am an addict. Surgery happens. Talking to the doctor. He's like, all right. He's like, you know, I'm going to give you um, – I'm going to give you some opioids for this. I was like, no, I don't think that's a good idea. And he's like, why is that not a good idea? I was like, well, really bad things happen when I'm a, when I take opioids. <laughs> and he's like, well, what happens? I'm like, well, I'm an addict. I filled it out on your paperwork. I was like, I do not they want opioids. They ask and don't yeah. pay any attention. Yeah, they ask. I filled uh. out the paperwork, didn't even look at it. And then he's like pushing it on me too. I'm like, no, yeah. I don't want it. You right. know? And I'm like. That that is the medical system. Man. Yeah, I mean, I yeah. had a similar with with tooth. I had to get some wisdom teeth cut out, and they're like, "Oh, you know, we're gonna prescribe." And I said, "I don't need anything. I'll be fine." I'll, you know, oh no, you're gonna need these. You you definitely want to take this. And they talked me into taking the prescription, and I did end up taking it. I didn't take the medication, but I took the prescription, mm-hmm. and then I didn't need it. I was fine. Yeah. But it's like if they start planning that idea in my head, like you're gonna be in a lot of pain. Yeah. Then when the surgery's over, I'm like, oh. I think I'm going to be in a lot of pain. I better take this. Med- you know, it's, yeah. let's take that one step further. I had a shoulder surgery and pushed back against pain medication. And they told me, no, this is part of the healing process. Your body won't relax enough to heal without it. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. oh, I guess I better take it. See, when I was, when I was getting the, all that Percocet from my surgeon, we had like a nurse that was, you know, like a caseworker type thing. She mm-hmm. helped saw all the patients. I like told her, I was like, you know, I feel like I'm kind of getting addicted to she to these she's like oh don't worry think about them as your tools this is part of your tool belt to get through this pain <laughs> yeah batman just pull yeah. out your perks you'll be yeah. keep crime fighting all night yeah <laughs> you know um yeah so so i anyway jason you know back to your question i mean yeah pain i think pain is subjective and i, and I do think that there is more of a responsibility for the medical professionals to take in the account that if, if you're in excruciating pain and billy's in moderate pain then you know manage that painkiller the right way that you're going to give to that person. Well, and telling people, like, this shit's addictive. Like, if you got an addictive personality, you really got to be careful. (laughs) I mean, the myth that all men are created equal is a complete made-up fallacy. Like, we're all biologically very different, right? Our experiences of of what sweet tastes like. Like, I don't know what coffee tastes like to you, Pete. I have no fucking idea what you experience coffee as, (laughs) right? 
So, yeah, I just, I don't think we should just, oh, well, broken leg, that requires this amount of medicine. Yep. Like, you know, if you're feeling it worse than somebody else, like, especially if you got two people on different ends of the pain spectrum, the pain tolerance spectrum, like, I mean, yep. you have to, I don't think we let people suffer just because we've decided that pain is one person reports a six and one a 10. I'm not disagreeing that the medical system's not fucked up but with the way we treat things. I'm just saying, like, I do think we have to take into account the subjectivity of what it feels like for each individual. That's, that's only yeah, And fair. I guess I worry about that the other way. Like, if I go in for some sort of treatment of uh, illness or injury and I say I'm an addict, like, I don't want them to treat me different yeah. than they would treat anyone else like i want the best fucking whatever you got like yeah. you tell me what that is well okay you know, there's a don't guy not treat me because... <laughs> there's a guy in baltimore he shares in his story he's like look it's amazing what the body can tolerate i went and saw like a shaman before i had this crazy open chest surgery they like literally cut his ass oh, wow. open and shit like this and yeah. did some work i don't know the whole story but just relating this part i saw a shaman meditation teacher did all these people like can i handle this pain without you know, any narcotic drugs, whatever. And and he did. He went through the experience. He's like, yes, it was fucking painful, but you'd be surprised what the human body can actually tolerate when yeah. that's what you want to do, right? Oh. Uh, an old uh, Nietzsche quote, uh, when a person has a why for living, a person can deal with almost any how, mm -hmm. right? So basically his purpose was to get through it without pain medicine, and he did. But you got two different people who look at that, right? One person's like, oh, my God, that's so admirable. I want to do that, too. And then there's the other person that's like, yeah, that sounds fucking crazy, like a martyr. I don't want to go through that yeah, And I've had surgeries it. in recovery where I've taken pain medication. I mean, my problem is, as an addict, like, I, you know, my personal experience was I took it for, like, a day or two because I had some pins put in my thumb and, you know— like a day or two in, I'm like, ah, I think I'm feeling some pain now. I think it's time to get another pill, and I probably should take two. Like I caught yeah. myself thinking that way. Yeah, but you don't know. you question now? I probably could have made it without that. Like I, it, I wouldn't have died from the pain. Well, I ended up flushing them down the toilet, and and I don't. I mean, I at the time I had a sponsor that said, "Look, we're not supposed to live like fucking cavemen. Like we're not. We Are have we not? science to help us get through things, but, but that's funny because you also have to be aware of your, you know. We always talk, and you listen to like books and podcasts that say like we'd probably be better off if we lived sort of more like cavemen in that aspect. No, that's and we probably true, huh? Interesting. Well, it's you know, I, I don't know how good it is for your back to sleep on a floor either, but they make beds now, so I'm going to sleep in a bed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to find a cave for myself personally. Huh? But it might be better for my back, you know. They say them super soft beds are terrible for your back, so, yeah. you know. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe it would be rock better. slab in my bedroom. All right, that's my wife I'm going to go and tell my wife, we're getting rid of the bed. Yeah, it's probably no a lot bed. cheaper. Yeah. Right. <laughs> sleeping on the floor. Wooden floors. And cold showers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Turning off the water. Here. And blackberries and swimming. God damn it. <laughs> blackberries and swimming. Yeah. So do you still live in tomorrow? No, I live in today, man. Do you? Yeah. So the living in tomorrow was only like a means to a, get it, to a place. So it's it, it's more of a mindset that, you know, if I have a bad day, then I I essentially try to look past today to tomorrow. Like 6 a.m. 6 a.m. You're like, oh, fuck it. Today's already a wrap. It's going to suck. But <laughs> No, not so much that. <laughs> so so generally, you know, what, I, what I'll do is, I, you know, I, I will try. I know for me that exercise is my key. To, to getting rid of pain. So I will do, if, if I have the time, I'll, I'll go do a swim that maybe wasn't planned or I'll at least go out and get a walk, try to get in the sunshine, get some fresh air for a half right. hour and, and just see if that helps mitigate, you know, my, my, 
down feelings and and the little bit of pain that I'm feeling. Generally, that usually helps. Um, if if it doesn't, you know, and I'm still having a bad day at like three, four o'clock. Yeah, you know, it's like, look, it's temporary. Just deal with it, and then tomorrow's a new day. What was this uh, this lady you saw for two years that worked out all the little muscles? Was she a physical therapist? Yeah. Is so, that what she so, was? Yeah. So um, there's it, and it's not the type of physical therapist that I had experienced my entire life through sports. Um, you know, you go to if you think back to maybe your childhood, you might have gone to physical therapy and they do, you know, they teach you stretches. You do some e-stim. They put some ice packs on you. They might give you some exercises to do at home. Um that is what I thought I was getting into, but no, I mean, this was manual therapy. This was massage. This was dry needling. This was cupping. So I look like Michael Phelps with cup marks what all over my back. dry needling? Yeah. Um, and it was awesome. It uh, was, uh, it was amazing. I mean, she gave me some stretches and stuff to do too, which I did, but I was, I was physically active a lot. So I was always pretty much stretch, stretching my body. But you found her through like a recommendation. She would be listed through, as a physical therapist. Yeah. I found, I, I found her through my, uh, my best friend as, as a, you know, she was a coworker and, um, so he works, he works for this physical therapy company that, that does like a lot of manual therapy and stuff. Like they all do it. And, I, I think he just didn't want to work on me um, because because of our relationship. So is, know, he just referred me to a third party essentially. Is dry needling to needling what dry humping is to humping? <laughs> like, I'm trying, and then the is fuck? cupping like spooning? Like, <laughs> <laughs> are these? Do we know what kind did of you see a prostitute? Was? <laughs> was this a prostitute for two <laughs> years that made you feel better? We just figured it out. Don't don't you feel better afterwards? <laughs> I mean, two years. I probably I'd probably be all better too. How many times a day? <laughs> <laughs> What's this lady's name? Like a, you know, it was like an hour, three or four times a week. It was great. <laughs> I think I only need two minutes. Is there a discounted (laughs) rate? Do they prorate this? I suggest the whole hour. (laughs) Yeah, but what the hell is dry needling? So um, they use it's it's a Western practice or Eastern, I guess, depending on where you are. (laughs) I think it's like an ancient Chinese type thing. They use these real, real thin, super thin, like hair thin needles, and and they stick them right into the muscle. And the the idea is to make it. So, so if you have a tight muscle, you think about like, yeah, it's real sore to like extend my arm and everything. Well, what they do is the idea behind dry needling is if you make that muscle contract real quickly, then it'll release and it won't be sore anymore. Hmm. So they stick a needle in your tight muscle and get it to contract real quick and then. But not acupuncture. Not ac- acupuncture is different. Yeah. So acupuncture works on, there's, there's this theory of like, um, I guess you can say a, a, a electric pathways throughout your body and that's what um acupuncture works on by pinpointing different energies energies within the same pathways and different pathways to i guess kind of make it all connect again maybe but this is deeper like this is muscular only is is the dry needling so it's just a it sounds deeper than acupuncture though (laughs) i think acupuncture (laughs) (laughs) it hurts do you get pain management after the dry needling (laughs) (laughs) that sounds rough you can get some massage right (laughs) yeah little cupping. <laughs> I, I enjoyed the cupping. Man. Can, can I, we I cup liked after like this dry needle? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, is, what does that do is specific? Like, do we... What, what exactly would it... Well... It's like suction cups all over It me, is. Right? And, and you know what's really weird? Okay, so let's say you have a cup on your shoulder where you can actually see it. This thing literally sucks. Like, your skin and muscle up into this 
cup. Mm. And I mean, it looks like this this monstrous pimple, like that is like you know the size of a half dollar or or more, mm. depending on the size of the cup that's used. Um, I guess the same idea maybe is to help the muscles stretch, stretch and release. Oh. Maybe Something that reminds like that. me of like when my daughters were doing like this Kylie Jenner lip challenge and <laughs> sucking their top lip into a bottle or something, and then it would come out <laughs> oh, all puffy and stupid looking. I'm like, what are you doing? You're yep. dumb. Huh. But yeah, I mean. I- I've known a few people in recovery that have had back issues, you know, since they were clean. And, and I hate to say this, but almost every story sounds so similar to yours. It's like it starts with some minor surgery and that doesn't help. And then it goes to like major surgery and that doesn't help. And then they're still in this chronic pain and they want to be prescribed pain medications. And that's been one of my biggest fears as I get a little bit older, you know, start approaching yeah. 50. I'm like, man, I hope my back doesn't start hurting. Cause yeah, I mean, I'm telling you, so so like. Any sort – you know, it doesn't have to be swimming. Like for me, I, I swam – I didn't swim competitively, but I've swam my whole life. So it was very natural for me to find that as a sport to do. But that exercise, any sort of exercise you can do where I guess you minimize the impact on your back. So running is probably terrible for people yeah. with back pain. It is going to help you feel better. You're going to build strength and you're going to work those muscles and, and build core strength, which is – Probably one of the reasons why you're having back pain anyway is, you know, something's off with your core or like your lower back is not as strong as your core in the front and they're pulling on each other, all, all that kind of thing. So, so no bull riding? Yeah. Well, <laughs> wrestling. I can see bull riding really stretching you out. <laughs> you know, there might be a little bit of impact there, but yeah. Okay. So, you're really into like the humping type motions, right? right? <laughs> I guess. Yeah. There's something about that riding. Um, if I, so I, I don't, I mean, I do have some back pain, but I also have, you know, we talked about emotional pain, depression, yeah. like yeah. this, this uh, discontent, dis-ease with life. Yeah. Say I, I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm all in. Pete's right. I'm, I'm doing this thing. I go see this lady. I get my, my cup in my, my dry needle in. I go swimming. I'm doing the blackberries. How long till I feel better? All right. So that's a really good question. Um, let's first talk about, let's first talk about diet. All right. So. You know, as I said, I didn't do anything that was recommended when I came out of recovery. I, I, I ballooned back up. I was a fat bastard. I loved my cheesesteaks. You know, I didn't have any beer with them, but I I ate terribly. And I put all that weight back on too, man, you know. Um, what I have found is when, when I when I decided that I needed to just clean up my diet, you know, go salads, chicken, all natural. Um, not, not necessarily paleo, but really – you know, cut out a lot of the manufactured crap that's out mm-hmm. there. Um, what I found was it, it was at least six months. A- and the reason mm. for that, and I think that's why people fail on dieting is because they, they want a quick fix. And after they're like, oh, my God, I've given this like three months and, you know, nothing's really happened. Um, my belief is you've probably heard your body reproduces its cells all mm-hmm. the time. And it's, you know, every day you're getting new cells in your body and other cells are dying. Well, when you start putting these good things into your body and eliminating the crap, you still have all that crap in your body, right? Until all those cells are cleaned out, until your body is like 100% refreshed, like you still have – your cells are still holding on to all the processed crap in the world that you can't you can't um, create energy out of, you can't do anything with. And they probably cause that inflammation that I'm attacking with my antioxidants, hmm. right? So – my my belief and my experience was that it definitely took like six months and 
I could see physical changes in my body, you know, from doing the swimming. I could see that my muscle, my upper body was getting bigger. My weight didn't change at all. And that was very, very depressing. <laughs> but um, I dropped like I literally had went through three different wardrobes of clothes in a year and a half. Wow. You know, so I went from like a 38 down to a 32. But it took a year and a half. And, and for me to really start feeling better, it took like six months. But again, it's back to that CBT. It's back to telling yourself, I'm doing the right thing. It's going to take time. It will pay off in the end. I'll feel good in six months. Yeah. Well, and <laughs> after mean, 13 so, so look, years I mean, on pain meds, I mean, yeah. you figure six months. But, really but think isn't. about it. So, so, you know, you're going through a rough patch. You could wake up every day and do nothing to help yourself get through that rough patch. And you could feel the same. Or you could do things that you know are good for a body, that you know are good for your mind and good for your soul. And you could feel better. Or you may not feel better today, but you can say, you know, if I keep doing this, I know that I'm doing the right thing for myself and I feel better in the long run. And that long run could be different for everybody. I mean, for me, it, you know, with all the pain that I induced with all the swimming and everything, and it definitely took me like two years, but I just kept at it. And I'm like, you know what, two years of self-induced pain versus 13 years of chronic pain, I'll take it. Are you still married to the same lady that told you you didn't need Ashley's? I am. Do you ever do you ever bring that up every once in a while? Man, how wrong were you? I don't know if I could take your yeah. your advice is suspect. You didn't even know I was on Honey, an I attic really for thirteen get this years. Refrigerator. <laughs> well, you remember when you wanted me to not go to Ashley? Yeah, I don't think we're gonna go with your you refrigerator even know pick. Me? <laughs> I I am, and you know what. She's a godsend. Yeah, I was gonna I say she sounds say. like an amazing she, woman. She's yeah. she put up with so much unbelievable, stupid, drunken crap, and then years of me being just miserable and in pain and probably completely intolerable from anyone else that had to be around. We should almost have her days. on. <laughs> I, I know right? get her <laughs> side of this yeah. story. I mean, she uh, yeah. her chronic pain. Yeah, <laughs> she's Made probably pee. still recovering from it all. <laughs> you know, from the two decades of hell I put her through. Well, and, and really, like I, I guess for me, what I've experienced at times as I've changed somewhat um for the healthier is there's almost a backlash to it right like i'm like she could tolerate pete when he was a uh you know a self-described uh angry drunk you know fat bastard or whatever but now like this guy who's like eating healthy and swimming and he's gotta be like who the fuck like right. stranger get out of my house not yep. <laughs> right <laughs> who the fuck does this healthy guy think he is god damn it <laughs> Where's that asshole I married? <laughs> right, right. He was nice every once in a while. Yeah. Any uh, so any what what thoughts do you give people like who might want to explore this route? Like, I, is this like fibromyalgia? Is this lower back pain? So, like, so this is. I mean, for for my experience, you know, definitely back pain. Um, I I think that if you have pain in general, like so. I know I've been harping on exercise, but that that that's my experience, and and to me that is my cure. But I think that if you can find anything that basically distracts you from your chronic pain, even for a little while, then that is something that you can pursue and use as a tool. You know, so let's just use an example of maybe like someone that's really good at art. If if they can, you know, they're in pain, they're not feeling great. If they just kind of sit down and start drawing whatever comes to mind for a while, and if that either has a therapeutic benefit to them or it's like 
wow, you know, when, I, when I'm done, like, wow, I just spent two hours drawing and I didn't even think about my pain. That's a win. You know? Why don't you write a book that's like the antithesis to Eckhart Tolle's The Power of Now? <laughs> yeah. like, the Power of Later. The Power of Some Other Time. <laughs> the Power a of Better tomorrow. Future. Yeah, a Better Future. Yeah. Um, you know, cause, so, so I know, you know, there's a lot of people that go through these chronic pain programs that, are, you know, they're older and, and they're in really bad shape. You know, they're 75. They're not going to wake up and swim for an hour and a half on a swim team. Three hour, three days a week at, at four forty five in the morning. Yeah. You know, that's not anything they don't have any interest in doing. But if they have a sedentary lifestyle and they have for years, where you know, my mom, for example, she she watches TV all night, every night for like five hours. Like you know, you're feeling bad. Get up and take a walk, and, and just do a walk daily. Get get that fresh air. I know that there's science out there that says if you get outside for like even fifteen minutes a day and get daylight, that can change your entire outlook for your day in that 15 minutes and i've experienced that walking around the harbor you know um that's why i do it every day because i'm miserable at my job <laughs> and i'm like well let me go power up for the afternoon <laughs> you know? get your shot of vitamin d yeah, and... you know but but honestly it, it works and it, getting the endorphins it, they counteract the pain they they really do so, I don't know how much 75-year-olds want to project themselves into the future. That might not, uh, I, you know, <laughs> I mean, yeah. the pain will end, but if I bleak. make it to tomorrow, it could be a better day. <laughs> right. But, um, yeah, I mean, basically, you know, find, find whatever it is that you love and, and just try, you know, try doing that to see if it takes you away from yourself and your pain for a bit, hmm. you know? Hmm. Yeah, I, I am, I, I, under, I realize I'm encouraging to, to step outside of yourself. Yeah, it sounds a little but, counterintuitive. Um, but but you know what? Like, if 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 pain is your obsession, hmm. yeah, it's it's healthy Breaking to do that. so. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. All right. So uh, if you're out there, stay out of pain. Uh, go somewhere else in time. Do your blackberries and your swimming. And uh, I don't know. Uh, I, no, I think this is a, a valuable thing. You know, the yeah. the real key thing I think that I get out of this is like. There's changes we can make. There's things we can do. We can at least try. Like there's yeah. there's other options out there. It doesn't just mean you're stuck to a life of pain pills and and you know misery, chronic misery. Yeah. All right. Stay safe out there. Did you like this episode? Share it with people you think might get something out of it. Check out the rest of our episodes at recoverysortof.com. Also, while you're there, you can find ways to link up with us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Reddit, YouTube, anything. We're always looking for new ideas. Got an idea you want us to look into? Reach out to us.